0: What's up, City Hope Church? Come on, everybody, get excited. Man, you guys look absolutely amazing. Malbus, do me a favor. Let's welcome all of our church family at every campus right now. Mobile, Baymanette, Foley. Everybody that's watching online, it's so good to have you guys with us. What an amazing night of worship we've already had, right? An incredible night that we've already had. And I just believe it's just gonna get better and better. Um, And I'm excited about tonight. Um, first Wednesdays are special. They're always special, but I really think tonight is going to be something um, just extraordinary. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I've um, got a really good friend of mine here that I want to introduce you guys to um, in just a second. And uh, Pastor Chris Bell and I, we, we hang out from time to time. We grab some Starbucks and we hang out. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we were hanging out and he, he told me about this message that he's going to preach tonight. He told me that he had just preached it to his church. Um, And I was like, man, I've got to get Pastor Chris to come here and give you guys this exact same message. Um, Pastor Chris and his church at Three Circle, which most of us know here, at least on Eastern Shore, we know about Three Circle. And those of you in Mobile, you may not be as familiar, but they've got four campuses in our area. I believe four in our area. Uh, Just an incredible church doing incredible things Um, and we are just such kingdom-minded people, Chris and I both, that, um, that I think it's incredible that he can come and preach to you guys and bring the word. And so here's what I want you guys to do at every campus, I don't care where you are right now, even if you're at a coffee shop watching on your computer, I want you to stand on your feet and I want you to help me welcome Pastor Chris Bell to First Wednesday at City Hope. Come on, welcome him.
1: Thank you guys. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you guys so much. Please have a seat. It's not going to be that good. All right. Uh, for all of you joining us at all the City Hope campuses and here tonight, man, just what an honor it is to be here at City Hope. We, I just love this church. Uh, Pastor Trey, Pastor Jerry have been nothing but friends to me. And people ask us all the time, ask me a lot, and Trey gets the same thing. Uh, you know, do you guys know each other we 've actually known each other a long time. I was looking at Pastor Tim up here talking and uh, I used to be in a, at a church in Florida where we were doing multi-site and we would all get together and talk church and, and man, I just, I just love these guys and, and so grateful and I remember when uh, at the time church on the Eastern Shore had had contacted us about possibly becoming their pastor, I called. Uh, Pastor Jerry and Pastor Trey and and asked, hey, what do you guys think? They they were like, come on, man. It'll be a closer drive so we can talk, right? Uh, and and I'll never forget our first morning as the pastors of Church on the Eastern Shore. My wife, Nan, is with me tonight. I remember that morning we get there and this, this car pulls up, this van pulls up, and out of it comes this huge bouquet of flowers, a bunch of gift cards to restaurants, all kinds of stuff. And we're like, who, who did this? And it came from Pastor Jerry, Pastor Trey, and City Hope. Our first day there. So, man, what a what a great church. So we're what a huge honor. So uh, thank you. We we laugh. We know that there's some people that go back and forth between our churches. So if you're an X Three Circle member, you got me at least one more time tonight. All right, all right. So I was just just a little joke. We're gonna have a good time. It's all good. It's all good. So tonight I do, <laughs> I do want to talk to you a little bit about something that I think can really be life-changing for all of us. And, and I believe the Word of God is always that. I believe that the Word of God can change our lives. Uh, John said that when Jesus came uh, the Word became flesh. Jesus and His Word are linked. They are together. We can't separate them. It, Jesus was the Word made flesh. And at Three Circle and I know here at City Hope we believe that, that the Bible is, is Jesus on paper. Okay, that's, that's what we have here. We have the full revelation of God in His Word and in the person of Christ. And we're so grateful for that. And we need the Word of God. You know here in Ballwin County we have two trees that we talk about a lot around here. We have oak trees and pecan trees. How many of you think pecans and oaks are really beautiful? They're both beautiful, right? But how many of you know which one's standing at the end of hurricanes? Which one is on the ground, right? We all know that pecan trees, listen, if Jim Cantore comes down high, I-10, the pecan trees go ahead and fall before the storm's even here, Right? Why did the pecan trees hit the ground and the oak trees are just standing? Like there's oak trees around here that are hundreds of years old. That means all these big hurricanes have come through and the oaks are still there. But the pecan trees, they're gone. Why? Because of root systems. Have you ever noticed that a pecan tree doesn't snap? They always just fall over. And then you go, oh my goodness, that huge tree had this little dinky root system, man. There were no roots. Why does the oak tree stand? Because it has roots and they're deep. Roots matter, my friends, and tonight, let me tell you, the thing we root down into as believers is the Word of God. We need His Word. Amen, City Hope, tonight. We need the Word of God. So I'm thankful, man. I love that our churches are partners and not competitors. I love that. Uh, I am all for churches that love Jesus and preach the Word. So tonight, let's just dive in. I want to make a statement to you that I think will get us started here, and it's this. I want to tell you that I don't believe life is as random as we often like to believe it is. Life is not quite as random as you think that it is. And I I want to talk to you tonight about the idea of a boomerang. I don't know if you've ever tried to throw a boomerang. If you've ever, uh, how many of you watched Crocodile Dundee when you were a kid? Did you watch? I used to love, I wanted that leather vest and everything, man, with those like gator teeth around my neck. It would have been great, but. He threw boomerangs and I got into Australia as a kid and I remember I wanted my parents to buy me a boomerang And I could not make the thing come back I never could but let me tell you one boomerang that comes back every time you throw it when you throw it out It's coming back and it's the boomerangs in our lives. The Bible calls this the law of reciprocity in other words the things that you throw out do come back And in fact, many of us have boomerangs flying into our lives, and we like to act like it's random. Oh, I don't know where this came from in my marriage. I don't know why that came out of me like that. I don't know why my kids are where they are. I'm not sure why I'm not connecting to the church. Uh, All these different things, and we kind of chalk it up to the randomness of life. When the truth is, often the things that are impacting us now are boomerangs that we threw out a long time ago that are just coming back in. You can call it different things. You can call it seeds that we plant. But the truth is what we do now matters because what we do now is going to impact tomorrow. Uh, let Let me read to you this law of reciprocity. It's where it's found. It pops up all over the Bible, which is true of all the truisms of Scripture. But we'll see kind of its heart and soul here in Galatians 6, 7 through 8. The Bible says, do not be deceived. What you're going to find about this law is there's both a warning in it a kind of a negative side to it, and there's an unbelievably powerful positive side. So do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And here it is. Here's the law. For whatever one sows, everyone say it with me out loud, would you? For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Now look what it says next, verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And Lord, I pray in the next few moments that you would speak to us deeply through your word. Unleash the power of it tonight. By your Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me tell you a few things about this law. The Bible's real clear here. Number one, don't don't think that you're going to be the one person in human history who this law is not true for. The law of reciprocity in the scripture is a, it's God's universal law. This isn't his moral law. We all break his moral law. God says don't lie. But how many of us have told a lie in our life? Tell the truth. Some of you didn't raise your hands and you just lied. So you're in. All right. But what we see here is this is universal law. God says no, this just is. This is how God made things. The law of reciprocity is always true. And by the way, just to pour a little more concrete on this truth for us tonight, there's never, ever been a person and there never will be a person who is the exception to this law. You will not get around it. This is true. You will reap what you sow. And on one hand, God warns us. He says, don't think you're going to, you're not going to be the one, you're not going to be the one guy who gets married and ignores your marriage, but still gets blessed in marriage. You're not, you're not gonna be the one. You're not gonna be the one parent that never invests the word of God into your kid's life and think that it's gonna work out the way you want it to. You're not gonna be the one. It's always going to come back around, both good and bad. The Bible gives us a choice here. We either throw boomerangs of the spirit that come back or we throw boomerangs of the flesh that come back. We are always doing this and there's never been, been an exception to this law. Now let me give you four principles about this law that I think are helpful because this could change our lives. Because the truth is, we can't do anything about the boomerangs we've already thrown. But here's the beauty. We can pick the the next right boomerang to throw. By the power of God, we can begin to throw the right boomerangs. We can begin to plant the right seeds, in other words. Uh, The first principle would be this, the principle of investment. What does this mean? It means you reap if you sow. You don't reap anything if you don't sow. How many of you... uh, have a garden do you grow a garden I I grew up in in the country and my granddad was a farmer and I knew a little bit about farming and watched him do this and the truth is if you don't put put the seeds in the ground you're not going to get a harvest would you agree with that so the first thing you have to understand if you don't throw it out there it's not coming back okay the truth is by just living life you need to understand that by omission you often throw them though you need to know that the things you don't do matter as well okay the things you're not investing, that matters as well. So you've got you to plant to see a harvest. Secondly, though, is, is identity. We see it right here in this verse. And the principle of identity is this. You will reap what you sow. Everyone say, what? Now, this is real clear, but I'm, I'm going to help you out, okay? If I plant an apple seed, what kind of tree should I expect to get out of the ground? Okay, it's real simple, right? God says, hey, don't be deceived. But people are deceived all the time because people wonder wait a minute I wanted apples but I planted corn and, and, and let me give you a better example I, I deal with this all the time I bet Pastor Trey Pastor Jerry and your team does people will come in and there's that good old boy that comes in Pastor Chris I don't know why in the world my wife won't show me any love man I'm doing the best I can putting bacon on the table taking good care of her man well what I want to know is I want to know how you actually care about her, though. Man, I'd take a bullet for that woman. Yeah, yeah, I get that, Mr. Hero, but do you actually love her? Do you care for her? See, are you investing your time? And then I talked to him a few more minutes, and I realized that, like, pretty much year-round, he's shooting something, catching something, going to the lake, going to the cabin, going to the hunting camp, and he just doesn't know why in the world. I got, Now I got dudes mad at me. Dudes are flying out the back of the church right now. They're like, whoa, whoa, we didn't expect this, Pastor. Right? And then he said, I don't know why in the world. She doesn't, she doesn't love me, man. She won't show me the love. And I'm like, bro, you're never around. Well, I, man, I didn't think I'd have to give up my hobbies when I got married. What did you think? You didn't get a goldfish. You got married. It changes everything. Seriously, right? Come on, man. So look, let's be real clear. You will reap what you sow. You will. People do this in church all the time. Pastor Chris, I'm just not connecting to the church, man. Church has gotten big. I don't connect anymore. Really, you don't connect. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you in a small group? No, not a small group. Do you serve anywhere? No, I don't serve anywhere. Do you come consistent About once every three months we're here, man. No wonder you don't connect to the church. You're getting what you're planting. You planted non-involvement and non-commitment, and you thought you'd get a tree of being fulfilled at your church. What do you think you were going to fill? That's how this works. On and on and on this goes. I will reap what, come on, help me, I will reap what I sow. Thirdly is the idea of increase. This is another principle that we see here. And it means this, you will always reap more than you sow. Always reap more than you sow. That's good news, by the way. Because remember, this isn't all negative. There's a very positive side. If I begin to plant seeds of good things in my marriage, I can expect that. And not just expect what I put in there, but more. more. It's, listen, when I throw the boomerangs out, they do come back in my life, and they come back even stronger. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers in the last 500 years, okay? There's a reason everyone quotes him. He was pretty good. And he said this. He said, sin is a kind of boomerang. In the 1800s, he said this. Which goes off into space, curiously, but then it turns again upon its author and with tenfold force strikes the guilty soul that launched it. Isn't that powerful? It means that when you throw it out, it's coming back even stronger. It, this makes sense in an agricultural term. If I plant a seed, what's bigger? The seed I plant or the tree or bush that comes out of the ground? So you expect more, right? The, the principle of this is that there will be increase. We know this is true. This is just how God works. For instance, you will never outgive God. Ever. You'll never outgive God. We tell people that all the time, but I've like tried. I've, I've, I have watched God. How many of you in this room would say, City Hope, and, and, and at all of our campuses this evening, how many of you would just say, God has been faithful to me and I've never been able to outgive him? Would you say that tonight? Would you just praise God for that tonight? Because, because there's always this issue of increase. But now the last one is the, the hardest one for us to grab. And I really want you to grab onto it. The last principle of this is the principle of interval. And what the principle of interval means is this. You will reap later than you sow. Now this is important. Because this is why some people become deceived who throw sinful boomerangs and the boomerangs of the flesh. They become deceived because it's later. And they think, oh, it wasn't so bad. The Bible says you reap what you sow, but... I'm not living for God, I'm doing things I know that aren't right, but everything seems okay. And they become deceived. And then ten years later, the boomerang comes flying in and knocks their head off, and they're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Because sometimes it takes a long time, wouldn't you agree? How many of you thought that something that went down in your life wasn't going to impact you, and then it showed up later, and you're like, my goodness. Didn't know it was going to show up all these years later. It's why when we're ready. Listen, let me help you hear parents and student ministry and all that kind of stuff. I was saved in a student ministry. I was talking to your pastor about that earlier. changed my life. But let me tell you what. We need to look at a generation of young people and tell them, don't buy in to the, I'm going to sow my wild oats during these years and think that everything's going to be fine because I'm a kid. I'm a teenager. I'm in high school. I'm in college. No big deal. My friends, the boomerangs we throw do come back. We need to stand in front of a whole generation and say, I'm not going to let you throw it. I'm not not going to let you throw that boomerang of disobedience. I'm not going to let you throw away your teenage years because you've been taught by the culture that it doesn't matter. It does matter. Amen? It matters. City Hope, I don't know about you. But I want our churches and I want all of us to partner together to raise up a generation of young people on the Gulf Coast that says, We will stand for Christ. We will follow Christ. Hey, good, good parenting's not always uh, pretty. Good parenting sometimes is literally wrestling the boomerang out of your kid's hand. It's like, Come here, I'm not letting you throw it. Good parents sometimes just stand in the way, so I'm not going to let you throw it. You can, you can be mad all you want. I have a 12 year old now. Suddenly he talks back. Right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Suddenly he's, he's 12 years old. He knows more than I do. Right? And, and here's the deal there are times that my wife and I are having to learn to stand in front of him and go, no, we're not going to let you throw the boomerang of technology into your life. You're not ready for it yet. We're not going to let you have all this access that you want to. Technology and communication around the clock. In fact, we're going to stand in front of you, and you can be mad, but God didn't make me your parent to be your buddy. He made me to be your dad. Amen? And I'm not going to let you throw that boomerang, right? And we're having to figure that stuff out. It is hard. How many of you parents will agree it's hard? we got to do it, though. Why? Because it takes a while, and it takes time. The interval is later. This is also true of the good things, though. Many of us get deceived because, and we we become discouraged because we're throwing good boomerangs and we don't see the results. We're planting good seeds, we don't see the results. It takes a little time. Let me give you an example. My wife and I have a twelve, a nine, and a seven-year-old kid, two boys and a little girl. Okay, hence the gray hair that's popping all over the place on my head. All right, uh, and Pastor Trey made fun of my gray hair earlier, and I'm like, bro, it's coming. It's coming for you too. All right, he has kids too. So this Christmas, we decided that we were gonna do a Christmas devotional, okay, with our kids through Christmas time. So we had this really elaborate thing that we did with our church and the kids could come in. We, we were sticking to it every day. Now let me tell you something. That's, I believe that's planting good seeds. Every night, we're like, come on, come to the table. I wish I could tell you that it all went well. I wish I could tell you that every night my children walked down the hallway when I said, hey, devotional time, I wish I could tell you that they said, Holy Father God, oh Lord They didn't I wish I could say They walked in saying Father Father, oh Father We cannot wait I don't know why I'm talking in a British accent It just makes you smarter You'll never see Jesus played by a southern guy You know what I mean? It's always Peter, Peter, where are you? Because it just sounds smart, right? No, it wasn't perfect with my kids my kids would come, listen. My twelve year old sometimes oh, he'd come around the corner thinking we had something like a surprise. Oh, it's devotional time again. Oh, Walking to the table like this, man. And my kids love Jesus. They just don't love devotionals about Him, apparently. But you know what? And hey, it would have been real easy night two to go. This isn't working. I'm, I'm doing this every night. What's happening? I just want to give up. Some of you are single moms trying to raise your kids to love Jesus. And you think, this isn't working. My friends, the Bible says don't be deceived. God will see this through. And the, listen, the seeds you're planting today, you're going to see them pop up one day. And you're going to be so glad you did. Don't you dare give up on what God has said he will do, my friends. Amen. Don't give up. I just believe that one day. One day, when my kids are older and they have kids, they're going to be doing Christmas devotionals at their house. They're going to be like, hey, when we were kids, we did it. It was awesome. And when they say that, I'm going to remind them of how horrible they were when we tried it. <laughs> listen, here's, here's the thing we understand. Little things always become big things. City Hope tonight. All over you here, listen. Little things always become big things. The seeds we plant, the boomerangs we throw, they have more impact than we think. Last year I was watching, I'm a football fan. we got football fans here tonight. Any football fans at all our campuses? So I was watching Dak Prescott playing for the Cowboys. He's become a huge star, right? But something happened that seemed like a little thing and it became a really big thing. In fact, it was so little that hardly anyone noticed until it got picked up by national media. And then Colin Cowherd, who's a a really smart, really popular uh, sports analysis on TV, all that good stuff, he picked this up and he had a segment about Dak Prescott and about little things becoming big things that blew me away, and in fact, I just want you to see it. Check this out.
2: So I'm watching the Cowboys game yesterday, fourth quarter late. Baltimore and Dallas are two very good football teams. I mean, when it came to yards and passing and, and rushing and fairly even, I mean, Dallas's offensive line is great, obviously makes every part of their team better. But Dak Prescott, fourth quarter late, did something, and I'm not sure how many of you noticed this. It was very small. Dak Prescott was on the bench in the fourth quarter, game in hand, and he has a cup in his hand. He's drinking some water, and he tosses it over his shoulder, and it just misses. And he goes over, picks it up, and puts it in the garbage. No big deal, right? Either it's that eye roll, that brief interruption. That doesn't look like much. But it mattered to Dak Prescott. Because the little things always become big things. Conscientious is Dak Prescott. Aware, concerned about those around him. Surroundings little stuff. Now, you're going to say to yourself, Colin, this is ridiculous. But I think stuff like that always becomes big stuff. The Dak Prescott on the bench, little toss over his shoulder, just because that cup didn't go in the garbage can, somebody else is going to clean it up. Dak Pre- it bothered Dak Prescott enough to walk over and put that little paper cup in the big garbage can. It bothered him enough. That's a guy who's going to give you an extra rep at practice, who's going to open the door for a teammate who's gonna make sure everybody's included in the huddle. All that little stuff becomes big stuff.
1: Right? Wow. Now listen, City Hope, Colin Cowherd's not a believer. He's not a believer. How many, of you, how many of you believe that truth is truth though? Truth is truth. That's truth. Little things become big things. And Dak Prescott had no idea, it's just his character, it was who he was. He said, I'm not going to leave that on the ground for someone else. And let me tell you something. Many of us look over, we don't realize that every day we're throwing boomerangs, every day we're planting seeds, and it all matters. And you can either look at that, just like this scripture teaches us, as a negative thing, because if you're throwing things to the flesh, it matters. It's going to come out of the ground, it's going to count. But the beautiful thing is we have a choice here. And when we throw to the spirit, when we allow God to lead us in our seed planting in our life, man, amazing things can happen. Let's just begin to tear that apart for just a moment. First of all, the Bible gives us the choice of sowing to the flesh. What does sowing to the flesh mean? Well, if you look across theological land and what people believe about God and all that kind of stuff, here's what they say. They would say that sowing to the flesh means pandering, cuddling, and feeding it Now let me, let me explain it to you like this every one of us when we come to Christ we are given a new nature how many of you are thankful for the new nature you were given in Christ how many of you know that your old nature hung around a little bit though right a war breaks out It's not a replacement yet, it's a a war breaks out between your flesh and your spirit and God's doing something new, but there's a war. How many of you have the war going on in your life? Every day, you're fighting that battle, right? So, So look, the decision every believer has to make, and it's the one that's set before us right here, which one will you feed? Which fire is gonna get the logs in your life? Which fire are you gonna keep stoking and building? Will you stoke the fire of your love and affection for Christ? Or are you going to stoke the fire of your natural inclinations towards the flesh and towards sin? And we all choose every day which side of that coin we're going to live on and which one we're going to feed. Uh, Sowing to the flesh means that we continue to feed the wrong part of us. The question is, are you willing to do as Christ would tell us to do and starve that side of yourself? Jesus said it must be crucified. Jesus said that we have to, by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, feed this new thing inside of us, this new life. And and in consequence, starve the old nature, right? But you know what I think we do sometimes? I think we sow to the flesh a lot because we don't take it seriously. I think we think, no big deal. It's all right. It's okay. But you know, Paul said in the New Testament, we're not set free in Christ to sin by the grace of God we're set free to walk away from sin into true freedom in the authority of Christ. Church listen. The greatest freedom a human can experience is underneath the complete authority of Jesus Christ. That's where it's found. And the question is are we willing to go there? Jesus once said this in Matthew 5:30. He said if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell well he's really holding back there isn't he it'd be a great way to grow the church let's do a billboard like that come to City Hope or Three Circle where we will tell you to cut your hand off or gouge your eyes out if you sin I think we'd empty this place really fast right what is Jesus saying here is he saying does he mean that does he mean cut your hand off or is Jesus being intentionally hyperbolic to make a point See, the truth, we understand that if we all cut our hands off and gouge our eyes out, as he goes on to say, every time we sin, we would all be blind and without hands. Right? What does he mean? Listen, it's so simple what Jesus means. It's not mysterious. He means take sin seriously. That's what he's saying. He said, stop playing around with it, stop cuddling it. Do you understand that if you cuddle a bulldog, he's going to bite you? That's sin. Don't pander to your flesh, but get serious about it. This means, listen, men, if you've got a problem looking at the wrong stuff and you just can't break that sin in your life, take the laptop and the smartphone, throw it in your driveway, and back over it a few times if you have to. You follow me tonight? Listen, at all, at all the City Hope campuses, listen, you got to take sin seriously. This means that you put a stop to certain things. You put up boundaries that you have to put up. In this way, you don't continue planting seeds of the flesh, because the seeds of sin always come back. In fact, what does the Bible teach us? Comes out of the ground when we sow sin and flesh. Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's death, and I think a lot of us look at what, look at what the Bible tells us. First scripture we read right? Don't be deceived. So many people are deceived in this, and they think, man, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. Come on. Not a big deal. And God says, don't be deceived. I will not be mocked. What he's saying is you're not going to be the only one to slither out from under the authority of God when it comes to this. We must take sin Seriously, Are you with me? City Hope. We got to take it seriously and do what it takes. And so before we move on to the spirit side of this, there's many of us here today at one of these City Hope campuses and you're, and you're sitting there and you feel it and you feel God speaking to you. My question is, what are you going to do to stop throwing the wrong boomerangs? Don't just feel it. Look, I, I grew up in church, man, and I felt a lot of stuff. Sometimes I was scared because the preacher was just screaming at me. Sometimes I'd raise my hand, just if you'll stop screaming, I'll come down. Listen, don't just feel it. Do something about it. The book of James says, don't be just a hearer of the word, but a what? A doer of the word. What are you going to stop doing that you walked in here today doing, right? What are you going to cut off? What are you going to get serious about, violent about if you have to, Right? what's going to stop some of you here or one of the campuses some of you need to stop the relationship that you're just pandering to it's just a lunch there's no big deal i love my wife but i mean when i go on these business trips we're just friends we just go hang out you follow me listen stop stop that's what jesus is saying stop walking down roads that you know you can't handle. And if you're a believer, stay far away from it. The Bible says to keep margin, right? To flee the appearance of evil. So I don't know what those boomerangs you're throwing out of the flesh are, but... I want to call you and challenge you to take it seriously and and look at this verse and go, you know what, I'm going to listen to God on this one and I'm going to put a stop to some of this. I'm going to, by the power of God, I'm going to step into obedience and I'm going to stop planting the wrong seeds and I'm going to stop throwing the wrong boomerangs. Some of us, it's in our hearts. For instance, anger is something that a lot of us deal with I see this a lot. And anger will have you, if you plant those seeds, it is coming out of the ground. If you keep planting anger and bitterness and unforgiveness in your marriage, what do you think you're going to get? Have I told you lately that I love you? No, it's probably not what you can get. That's not the tree you should expect. You're planting bitterness. That's not what you're going to get. You're going to get exactly what you plant in the ground. We reap what we sow. So let's take this really seriously. Now, what's the good news? The good news is that we have a boomerang of the Spirit that we can throw. There's a seed that you can begin to plant. There's a boomerang you can begin to throw. The Bible says here, the one who sows to his flesh, verse 8, will reap from the flesh. But what does the next part say? The one who sows to the Spirit will reap not just the Spirit but eternal life. And that word eternal life doesn't just mean one day. I think in the church, uh, Pastor Trey, I think we've messed up a lot by just telling everyone heaven's, you know, eternal life's heaven. So, so, and good luck while you're here. One day, though. No, no, the Bible teaches eternal life starts, guess when? Right now. How many of you are here and you believe that God can give you life now? It's not a waiting game. It's now. So the Bible says if you want to begin to see life in your home, life in your parenting, life in your marriage, then you've got to plant those seeds. You've got to throw those boomerangs. You've got to begin to actually move towards what God wants you to do. And what is sowing to the Spirit? It's this, is obedience to Christ. Sowing to the Spirit means that your next boomerang is an obedient one. It means the next seed you plant is one that God wants you to plant. He's the king and authority now. I know our language in modern church world often is, you know, Jesus is my best friend forever. Yeah, he's your king too. He's Lord. Can't have part of Jesus. You've got to take him, all of him. Savior and Lord. King. You have a king now. You don't just do. People who have a king, they don't just do what they want to do. There's an authority in their lives. And I just want to call us out today, City Hope, all of us together, all the campuses and say, if you're a Christian, you now have a king and he's a good king. Here's the good news. Every command he has for you, you should follow it because it's for your good. God's never given you a command that he wanted to hurt you with. It's for your good. It's like my kids. I'm convinced they would drink chocolate milk and eat candy all the time if I would let them. How many of you know that I should not let them do that all the time? But their teeth would rot out, right? It wouldn't be good. Because I'm a good dad, I love them, I care about them, I'm going to actually make them eat good stuff most of the time. Jesus said once in the New Testament, he said, if you dads who are sinful... That'd be all of us dads. If you know how to be good to your children, how much more? That's what Jesus said. Let me just say that again. How much more does your Father in heaven want to be good to you? Isn't that good news? See, this is what is available to us. We do not have to continue planting seeds of the flesh You do not have to bow down to that. You do not have to do that. I'm convinced that we have a defeat mentality in the church, and I think it is high time that we get victory again because we do not have a weak Savior. He did not die on a weak cross. He is Jesus. He is King. Listen to me. Let me me challenge you. Hey, stop bowing down to the flesh. You have all that you need to overcome in Christ. His spirit has indwelled you, and that spirit is the same spirit that on day three after his death caught him up out of the grave. The same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is living in us. Don't tell me we can't overcome. Don't tell me all the guys at the church have to be addicted to porn. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me our kids have to go off the cliff of the culture. Don't tell me that when I know that the power that lives in us raised Christ from the dead, church. Come on, man. We do not have to be defeated. So, I want to challenge us. We have this choice in front of us to throw the right boomerangs. And the right boomerang is not what I think is the right one, it's what God shows me. As God reveals, I say yes. Even when I don't understand, when I go, I don't know about this one, God, I'm going to throw it because my next boomerang, my next seed needs to be one that God tells me to do. In fact, I will say it like this the boomerang of obedience leads to the highest quality of life that a human being can experience. So let's just take a few areas of our lives. If you're married, doing marriage Jesus' way is the best way to do marriage. Sexuality, best way, is in and under the authority of God's word. It's the best way. Our whole culture is gonna try to push us different ways. I'm I'm just trying to help you here. The best plan for humanity it's God's plan for humanity. Do you believe that, City Hope? It's the best plan. You know that? The best way for me to handle my money is God's way. It's absolutely the best way. The best way. So here's, here's what I want you to understand. Every obedient boomerang you throw, you will never regret. You will never once regret obeying Jesus. Ever. Ever. If you lead your kids to obey Jesus, you're never going to regret raising your kids that way. You're never going to regret, if this is your home church, you're never going to regret pouring yourself in to the local church and what God's doing here. You're never going to go, I wish I wouldn't have wasted all those years of my life serving Jesus and watching God do great things at City Hope. (laughs) No. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. You're always going to look back on your life, and all of us will, We will all regret every single boomerang we threw that was not an obedient one. Is that right? That's the only ones you'll regret. The ones you'll be grateful for are the ones that were obedient ones. Now, here's the thing. I want to remind you as we close. The Bible warns us that we will become discouraged because it takes a while for things to come around. That sometimes you'll get discouraged in doing good. It's why in Galatians 6, 9 through 10, look at what Paul said. He said, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will what? If we do not give up. It takes a little time. It takes time. You're not, hey, you're not going to come to one church service and suddenly be like, oh, man, I just love church. I'm so connected. Everything's great. No, you've got to hang in there for a while. It's why, listen, with all, with all, I was joking earlier, but let me tell you this. We tell people all the time, if we're not the church for you, find one that is and stay there for a long time. Right? Get somewhere and let, let God do this in your life because it takes a little time. It's like the guy, look, it's like the person that spends five years not taking care of their body, eating sausage, biscuits, and Big Macs every day and Oreos on the side with a Diet Coke, of course. Nothing nothing helps them flurry down better than a diet Dr. Pepper, okay? And then they go to the gym one time and they think, they're looking in the mirror like they go to the gym the first time and they're like, I wonder how, is it working yet? (laughs) Brother, it took you five years to look like that. It's gonna take more than a couple of workouts to fix it. Think about that for a second. Let's be honest here. It takes time. Don't think you, hey, one obedient day in your marriage it's going to turn it into the greatest romance of all time. No, it takes time. But what you can be sure of is that this is how God works. So why don't we start planting the seeds? Now, you may be here, and you may say, Well, well, Pastor Chris, I, I, I've thrown out some bad boomerangs, and I'm scared. Now that you say all this, I'm kind of concerned about what's going to be coming into my life. Here's good news. Jesus is so powerful, so great that he can even in the life of believers. It's only true for believers. Romans 8, 28 is only true for believers. But it says that he will work all things for his glory and your what? Your good. That's even your mistakes. God will take some of the old stuff and turn it into your ministry. He'll help you help others, but he gives you the grace to handle the consequences of the past. Here's the good news. While he gives you the strength to throw the next right boomerang. And that's where I wanna bring it all right now. My question to you is, are you willing, because you can't do anything about yesterday. You do know that, right? You can't do anything about the last seed you planted or the last boomerang you threw, but by the power of God, you and I both can choose the next right one to throw. And I challenge you in the next few moments, I'm gonna pray for you in just a minute, but right now I want you to think, what is the next, if you're married, what's the next seed that you need to plant in your marriage? Can't do anything about yesterday or the fight you had on your way here. I bet there were some. What's going to be the next seed you plant? Those of you who are parents, what boomerang are you going to start throwing today, tomorrow, that you're not throwing yet, but you're, you're about to start, and you're going to keep throwing it because you realize it takes time? And if you're here and you've been fighting the battle of the flesh, what's the next one you're going to stop? You're going to cut it off to the glory of God. Because we can't do anything about the ones we've already thrown. But all of us can throw the next right one. Amen? By the power of God. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment and just at all the campuses here think on that for a moment and let God speak that to you. What is it? What is it that you need to begin planting right now to see the harvest tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? I have a 12-year-old. What am I planting in his life now? He's about to be a teenager. Let that sink in right now into your heart and into your life. What's the next one you need to throw? And what's the ones that you need to stop throwing by the power of God? Little things become big things. And Lord Jesus, right now, I just pray that in this moment, by your power, at every single City Hope campus, that you would drive this truth down into our hearts. Life isn't as random as we think. Let us not be deceived. Let us, together as believers, begin to trust you and obey you and watch as we plant the right seeds and throw the right boomerangs that we begin to see the fruit of that in our lives. Help us to take sin seriously, but help us by joy and the glory of Jesus begin to throw the right ones in our lives. Thank you for every person that's listened to this message. I pray, God, that you would bring it alive by your spirit in their hearts.